0: I know that winter in the San Francisco Bay Area, in Northern California, is not nearly as severe as it is in other places on Earth. While there are people in other parts of this country right now having to dig themselves a trail in the snow just to get to their mailbox. Here in sunny California, our big challenge is to decide whether we're gonna wear shorts on a winter morning. Like most photographers, we watch the weather and when it does turn bitter cold up in the nearby Sierra Nevada Mountains, we load up the chains in the truck and head up to beautiful Yosemite National Park. Hi, this is Terry Van a professional photographer, and your host of the Nature Photography Podcast. I know I've talked about Yosemite National Park before, and I'm sure I'll do it again, as this is one of my favorite places to visit and photograph. There are many reasons that winter is my favorite time of the year to visit Yosemite. First off, there are far less people visiting the park in the dead of winter. Less people means easier parking and less competition for those choice locations for photography around the valley floor. A visit to Yosemite Valley in winter all starts with accessibility. In the wintertime, there are a few less options for getting into the park as they typically shut down the Eastern entrances at the first snow of the year. This can be as early as October. So even with an autumn photography event in Yosemite Valley, you must keep an eye on the weather. By accessing the many available weather apps, you can see when the fresh snow is expected for the valley floor, and this is the trick. At 4,000 feet in elevation, Yosemite Valley is where you want the snow for some breathtaking landscape images. Where the top of Half Dome is 8,800 feet, there could be snow on top of Half Dome throughout the year. It's the valley floor snow that makes this place look spectacular. The edges of the Merced River, covered in snow, is exceptional. Trees dusted in snow and ice, lining the banks of the river that runs through the heart of the valley, can make your foregrounds of your landscape images phenomenal. Using some snow-covered boulders sitting sturdy as the river cascades around them makes for a gorgeous lead-in of subject matter. Having a good lead-in will bring the viewer into the frame to see, say, El Capitan reaching up into the sky. The road to Glacier Point is normally closed during the winter months, so scratch that view off your list unless you really feel like making a pretty rigorous nine-hour hike up that side of the valley. The Merced River seldom freezes over, but it can offer a spectacular rare occurrence in late winter, early spring called frazil ice. Frazil ice is produced from the mist of Yosemite Falls that freezes in midair, then makes its way into the flowing river. To add to that, chunks of ice can fall off the granite walls and drop into Yosemite Creek that feeds the Merced River. This can look like white lava as it slushes its way slowly down the river. The best place to view this event is to make your way up to Yosemite Creek Bridge, below Yosemite Falls, where you can safely look down and watch the river slowly move along like a big snow cone was dropped upstream. You can also find Frazil Ice at Bridalveil vale Falls and Ribbon Falls and a few other places in the park. This is fun to watch and it's unpredictable as it moves and slugs along. Brazil ice can occur most of the time when there's good water quantity from the surrounding waterfalls. This would be when the temperatures rise enough to melt the snowpack in the higher elevations, but overnight temperatures fall below freezing. Most of the time, this is visible during the early morning, typically before 9 a.m., and worth planning around to check out for Ice on your next winter trip to Yosemite. There are many more reasons to visit Yosemite in the wintertime, and we'll talk about those after the break. Do you struggle to get sharp images of your wildlife? I'm not just talking clear images, but razor-sharp images. That is the subject of my new ebook, Razor Sharp Images, available for pre-order exclusively on my website, imagelight.com. That's spelled I-M-A-G-E-L-I-G-H-T dot com. I take you step-by-step on how to work with diffraction, hyperfocal focusing, and determining the best shutter speeds for the wildlife lenses you're currently using. I go into detail on how to use focus stacking for your close-up work and for your landscape work, and why and when you should use this technique to create the sharpest images possible. Once we solve all the variables in camera, I also take you through my favorite sharpening and denoising softwares that I use every day. I show you step-by-step on how to use them to create razor sharp images. The ebook is full of images to use as examples and step-by-step instruction along with pro tips to get you producing the sharpest images of your life. Pre-order your copy today or if you're listening to this after March of 2022, buy it with an instant download and get started right away just go to my website imagelight.com that's spelled i-m-a-g-e-l-i-g-h-t.com and head over to the digital products page to get your copy thank you in advance for supporting my work here on the nature photography podcast and by visiting my website where i have digital products for sale all proceeds help me afford to make more content like this for everyone to enjoy now back to more on photographing Yosemite in winter. Another seasonal phenomenon that many people are aware of is the firefall at horsetail fall. This is where if conditions are just right, The angle of the sun in mid-February hits Horsetail Fall and the setting sun pours backlight into a tiny ribbon of water and it looks like fire is cascading down the edge of El Capitan. The original firefall was a man-made event that started way back in 1872. The owners of the Glacier Point Hotel would dump bonfire embers over a cliff to the delight of onlookers below. They said it looked like a waterfall of fire coming down off the mountain. Which I guess it actually was, except there was no water involved. By late 1960s, huge numbers of spectators trampled meadows and other areas trying to get a view of the extraordinary event. That it became vividly clear that the park was being damaged for the viewing pleasures of the visitors not to mention the fire hazard it caused each time. In 1968, the Park Service finally put an end to the practice of the hotel dumping embers over the edge. Ironically, the Glacier Point Hotel would be lost, and you guessed it, to fire, the following year in 1969. When this natural event, the firefall at Horsetail Fall, was discovered by a photographer, Galen Rao, in 1973, it was dubbed firefall. There are a few variables that have to be in place in order for firefall in Yosemite Valley to be visible each year. First and foremost, there has to be water flowing over Horsetail Fall. In order for there to be water in the falls, there has to be a generous snowpack up on the top of El Capitan. Also, the weather has to be warm enough to melt the snow and get the water to flow. Now, those are two big variables. Since this is California, the water situation has been difficult to count on. Having enough snow on top of the mountain is hit and miss. And in some years, it just leaves everyone dry. Even though the lighting from the sun occurs in February, the temperature has to be warm. Even if there's a good snowpack it might not be warm enough to melt the snow and create the waterfall. While it might be nice on the valley floor, the temperature at almost 8,000 feet, where the water needs to flow, can still be too cold to move the water off the edge. To add to these variables, Yosemite National Park has to deal with the popularity of this event each year. As you can imagine, tourists have brought this problem on themselves. When this was discovered in 1973, Nobody was lining up to watch this event. However, in recent years, people have been known to leave their cars with the doors wide open, idling in the middle of the street to jump out and get a picture of the firefall. Massive traffic jams have ensued, and now all parking near the best spots to the view of the firefall have been shut down. The nearest point to park is a fair distance from the best viewing spots, and that's over at Yosemite Falls Parking Area. Yosemite National Park has also instituted reservations to enter the park during these times in February. But those reservations are on again, off again, so planning ahead is critical. To add to all these shenanigans, people and photographers plant themselves in the best viewing spots well in advance of the 5 p.m. showing. So you should make sure to arrive early to get the best spot. Even at that, you may be sharing a tripod leg with a stranger that evening lastly the big variable that is hard to nail down is the changing weather you see if there are overcast skies that evening then the setting sun will not light up the waterfall and create this cool effect of water looking like fire cascading down the side of the mountain the time of year to see this is february between the 10th and the 28th. Sunset starts around 5 p.m. so you need to be in position about 3.30 p.m. to avoid some of the crowds. This picturesque event can occur in October, but seldom is there enough water at the top of El Capitan in October, so it's not something you wanna plan around. Just get there if there's been a heavy rain that time of year, because the light angle from the sunset is the same in October as it is in February. You have to plan ahead for your clothing, as in midday when you're hiking up to the best spot, it can be warm. But coming down in the cold at night, you'll be wishing you had layers to keep you warm. Speaking of keeping warm, I received these photographer gloves from the Valorette Company. These are the hatchet-style gloves, and i got to say, they're amazing. The gloves are made from full leather and are very soft on the outside that helps you get a confident grip on your camera gear. They also are very warm and comfortable on the inside as well. I think they have like 100% merino wool lining. These gloves make carrying a cold tripod a snap as they're very well insulated. The best part of these gloves is that they have what they call flip-tech fingers. This is where the thumb and the index finger flip out of the way to expose your bare fingertips so you can have true dexterity when operating your camera dials and your touchscreens. They have integrated magnets into the fingertips to hold the fingertips of the gloves out of the way while you're using them, and then easily slip them back on your fingers to get back to warm and toasty hands. You can pick up your own set of photography gloves at their website, cleverly named photographygloves.com. That's photographygloves.com. In order to photograph the firefall successfully, you'll need a few things. First, you're going to need that tripod. Since you'll be shooting in low light, a tripod will keep your images sharp without having to boost that ISO. The lens you choose is dependent on the choice of composition and the shooting location. Some folks are content with standing in one of the viewing areas and shooting like everyone else while others will do some hiking and find the unusual angle that no one has seen before. This might mean being a fair distance away and using a long lens to capture the fall through the trees. It's best to experiment with locations during the day because since the setting sun drops pretty quickly, you won't have much time to change positions. When it comes to exposure, consider that the final shots where the light is just perfect will be just a sliver of sunlight, lighting up a small portion of an otherwise black mountain. If you were to use auto exposure, you might find that your camera meter will try to boost the tones of the black mountain to medium gray, thereby blowing out the waterfall itself. So this is a time when you want to be on manual exposure and do some test shots as you go along to get the proper exposure when the sun finally sets. One pro tip for you here is don't leave early. One of the most disappointing things I see all the time is people leaving too early from a sunset shot. In the case of the firefall in Yosemite Valley, wait until after the sun is fully set. Many times an afterglow of purple and violets and reds can pop up and make the most stunning photograph of all. Also, some people will be in place in the early afternoon and wait all day for this shot. Then they see clouds come in and think today's gonna be a bust and the sunset won't be seen, so they leave. However, if you just wait it out, the sun may drop below the cloud cover and light up the waterfall. This can be an extra spectacular shot with brightly lit pink and purple clouds in the sky in the background, so don't leave early. And really don't leave early on any sunset shot you're trying to do, wait it out. Photographing at Yosemite National Park anytime is great. But the winter is really a time that shouldn't be missed. So check it out. Thanks for listening to the Nature Photography Podcast. And until next time, this is your host, Terry Bannerheiden. Thanks for listening.